I don't need to tell you that recent years have been marked by anxiety. There are a variety of reasons for this, some more obvious, some more prevalent in the news than others. Many reasons are more personal, dealing with managing your own life in the midst of so many factors that seem intended to push back against you doing so. So where do we find peace in the midst of all of this? How may we be able to calm and center our minds and our hearts and our spirits, not just to survive, but to truly live a life? How do we tap into a vibe that sustains us in the midst of others that would keep us off balance? Happy New Year, and welcome to the Coffeehouse Contemplative Podcast. We have had so many reasons to feel anxious and uptight these past few years, at least since March of 2020. And of course, the primary reason for all of that has been the effects of the COVID pandemic. And so, our causes for anxiety related to this one thing in particular may include how we may best take precautions to stay safe. It may involve how best to act if we get it, what we are meant to do, and how we may best recover from it. The Source of our anxiety might stem from worries for loved ones who have contracted it and for an increasing amount of people. Anxiety, our source of anxiety might also involve grief for loved ones and friends who have died because of it. Now, that is just anxiety related to the disease itself. There are also anxiety factors related to how it has affected our lives in other ways, how it has affected our ability to function and interact in the world around us. It has had an effect on our social lives, what we are able to do safely, how we are able to gather. It has affected practices at our places of employment. 
new restrictions, and in some fields it has made us take on additional responsibilities. And many have had to engage in our places of work remotely to figure out how best to set a routine while perhaps also juggling family responsibilities at the same time. It has also, this pandemic has also affected our abilities to relate to our faith communities. Many people have been watching remotely, whether on Zoom or on social media or on our faith communities' websites. We have had to cut ourselves off physically from in-person gatherings and social opportunities and mission opportunities, and we have been missing that, that this place that has been perhaps our foundation for our own spirits has not been as available to us either. Now, that in a nutshell, all of that, is just how one issue has perhaps affected large portions of our lives. That's just the pandemic. I haven't even mentioned other national happenings that perhaps also have caused us anxiety. The protests that have made themselves known in communities large and small across our country, striving to bring systemic racism to light, and not just to light, but to affect change in order to combat it. There have been grave concerns raised, not just in the last year or two, but Let's be honest, before that, about the future of democracy and people's true ability and right to be represented, represented fully. And there have been continued debates over the rights and the voices of marginalized groups. And there is the ongoing specter of climate change, the future of our planet, the future of our resources. These have been cause for anxiety for many of us as well. Now, if you're like me, anxiety has been your companion for far longer than just the past two years. For reasons that hit much closer to home. Things related to your own personal life. These are ongoing concerns that may relate to employment or concerns about how you will receive health care when the need arises, or how you are currently receiving health care. 
There may be concerns about mental health, which is even in more dire straits than some physical health providers. It may be concerns related to bills and budgets and trying to make those match up as best you can under the circumstances and given your resources. And it may be, there may be concerns that you have about your family, whether the dynamic in general or certain members who are going through a tough time and you're not sure how best to help them. All of these concerns, and many more, didn't magically begin in March of 2020. They were around way before that. It's just that COVID added some new roadblocks and new challenges and new layers to what was there before. So those are the external possibilities that may cause us anxiety, but then there are also, yes, there's still more. Then there's also the internal causes as well. For many of us, anxiety is not just environmental. It's also mental, emotional, chemical. Those who deal with chronic anxiety, their baseline, our baseline, isn't the same as others. It is in a near-constant, heightened state. And speaking for myself, I often wonder how others function without being constantly nervous, without being constantly hyper-aware, without having worst-case scenarios of everything playing on loop in our minds at all hours of the day and night. I often wonder, what is it like to not experience that all the time? Thankfully, we have things like medication and therapy and other things to help us through that. Now, I need to say a little bit about what I'll call helps that aren't helpful. And mostly these helps that aren't helpful are cliches and pithy phrases that people throw out to those who are struggling with anxiety, whether the chronic kind or whether more temporary because of present circumstances. People around them who, who don't understand may throw out any number of little phrases as if they're really supposed to make a difference. Phrases like, oh, calm down. Has anyone in the history of ever actually calmed down after someone told them to calm down? 
Phrases like, oh, don't worry. Again, has anyone stopped worrying because someone said to them, don't worry? Phrases like, oh, just be more positive. As if there's some switch that you can flip in order to achieve that. Phrases like, oh, things aren't really that bad. But are they? Or aren't they? Pithy phrases like, you worry too much. Yes, that is true. Please tell me the right amount of worry so that I may lessen it. Now, just as bad are faith statements that are unhelpful. Faith statements such as, oh, just have more faith. As if it's easier to just have more faith in order to deal with something. Statements that even call worrying a sin. As if worrying means we don't trust God enough, and so we are in the wrong for worrying, and we need to stop before God punishes us for worrying. Here's a favorite. God doesn't give us more than we can handle. This one in particular is especially awful, and I would say even abusive. It's a type of phrase that implies that God has visited these struggles, has visited these times of hardship upon us, and has said to us, well, go ahead, handle that. It's going to make you stronger. You are my beloved child. That is not how God operates, which is this whole separate podcast episode that maybe I'll do someday. And then there's, oh, just give it to God. Well, who says I haven't? And what if God and I are meant to take care of this together? There are so many more, but I think you get the point. Now, the reason that many of these aren't helpful is because they're just words. What are words really going to do? How are words really going to help just on their own? What these all lack, what these helps that aren't helpful lack, is a practical, tangible component. They're just words, mostly spoken to minimize the discomfort of the person who says it. As if to say, oh, just stop worrying so much. That's not really helpful for the person who hears it, but it might diffuse the discomfort of the person who doesn't know how else to deal with it. 
So what words would actually help those who are struggling with anxiety? Well, try these. How can I help? What do you need? I am here for you. Here is a list of places or a list of people who will provide you with help, with assistance of some kind. Tell me about it. Talk to me about it. Tell me what you are struggling with. What really makes a difference in times of anxiety is tangible community, tangible acts of love, tangible ways of encouragement, tangible means of support beyond words, things that center the person who is struggling. Think of times when this has been true for you. Think of times when someone went beyond words and you felt truly cared for. How did that affect your anxiety? How did that ease your worries? How did that help you relax? Those times when you felt true comfort and peace because there was a tangible, practical component, because there was an action involved. So now we've established that the best ways to manage anxiety have some sort of active component, some kind of an action. Whether taking it out, or talking it out rather, well, we could take it out as well, I suppose, in healthy ways. So what I meant to say was talking it out with someone we trust, or receiving assistance, or not going it alone through something that is causing it, or the simple act of taking medication, my little act every morning of taking 15 grams of Lexapro is an important action in my ongoing struggle with anxiety. So, having established all of that, it is not lost on me that I've only been talking about solutions during this episode so far. Of course, that's the nature of the medium. But I'd now like to invite you to actually try an exercise, to actually take an action. It's a somewhat simple one that may be used in the immediate time when anxiety is especially heightened, 
during those times when you can feel it rising within you, when you can recognize that things are starting to spiral out of control within yourself. I want to offer a simple breathing meditation to help calm your body and spirit when you can feel your inner self beginning to lose control. So, there are a couple steps to this, this breathing exercise that may end up taking some time for you. And if it's even helpful, you can even pause this episode in between the steps as you try it. And of course, you can also return to this segment later when you want to try it at other times. So step one, get comfortable. Relax your shoulders. As a colleague of mine likes to say, bring your shoulders down from touching your ears. Relax your jaw. Relax the tension in the muscles in your chest, the muscles in your abdominal region. Set your feet on the floor. And then just take some time to feel what your body is doing. Feel where your body is. And as you are intending to relax all your muscles, notice where you still feel tension and relax those muscles. Feel it. You may feel it creeping back in when you weren't paying attention to a certain muscle group. So turn your attention back to that muscle group and relax it all over again. Step two. Take deep breaths. Breathe in through the nose and then breathe out through the mouth. Breathe in through the nose and breathe out through the mouth. Keep repeating this action. Again, in through the nose out through the mouth. And if you're itching to move on from doing this, take that as a sign to keep doing it. It means you're still tense. You're still anxious. So again, in through the nose and out through the mouth, as many times as is needed. As you do this, continue to take note of your body. See if tension is 
rising back up, and if so, relax those muscles once again, and keep breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth until you finally feel that urge to hurry up, that urge to move on, that urge to stop the exercise short has finally gone away. So the final step, when that urge is finally gone, when there is no more itching inside you to rush to the end or to rush to finish, that is when you may come back to the world around you. Now do this part slowly. Don't just jump back into whatever you were doing before. Just slowly open your eyes. Slowly re-engage your surroundings. And take your time with this, because if you just jump back into everything that you were doing before, that might take you right back to the state of anxiety that caused you to start this practice to begin with. Now again, if you need to replay the couple of minutes that I took to describe this exercise, if you need to somehow bookmark it, please definitely do so. But this is one spiritual exercise out of many that may be helpful to you. I call it a spiritual exercise in the sense that it helps ground your inner self. But at the same time, you may balk at the word spiritual. I, so I must I address that by saying that breathing is a pretty non-denominational activity. So someone of any faith or someone of no faith can do this exercise. It's, it's all about engagement with what your body is feeling and to ground your inner self. And not only is this one spiritual exercise among many, it's also just one exercise in general out of many that may be helpful. This is, addressing anxiety is not one size fits all. Different things help different people. I'm just offering this exercise as one possibility and one example, and perhaps, if nothing else, it may encourage you or inspire you to research other things that may work better for you. Regardless, as we face a new year, likely with the same amount of anxiety present with us as in the year before, my wish for you is that you find tangible actions and practices that help you navigate it. Remember to reach out to others. Remember to reach beyond words to some actions, some tangible things that may help ease 
your body, mind, and spirit. Remember to drink water. And, if nothing else, keep remembering to breathe. Thank you for listening to the Coffeehouse Contemplative Podcast. I'm Jeff Nelson. You can read more about my writing, including my four books, at my new website, jeffreyanelson.com. You can also find me on social media, facebook.com slash revjeffnelson. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at boldroastrev. Have a great day.